man, I'm ready to go eat dinner. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you'd better eat it quick, because we're doing episode five. Oh, no. Not episode five. Didn't we just record episode four, like, two seconds ago? No, that was last week. Oh. Man, we're at it again. At it again. Rex and Josh talking CPR. Theme song. You're listening to CPR. My name is Rex. And my name is Josh. How are you doing today, Rex? I'm doing okay. How are you, Josh? I am doing okayer. Oh boy. I am doing okayest. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, I'm glad you guys are listening today because we have an excellent podcast lined up for you. So, we're going to talk about the GOP. GOP. Grand Old Party. I thought it was gallant. Is it? I think. No, I think it's grand. The gallant old party? That sounds like, that absolutely sounds like something they would say back when the GOP was created. No. So we're going to talk about the GOP moving the convention away from North Carolina. We're going to talk about anarchy. Is it paradise or chaos? Or neither. And we're also (laughs) going to talk about um, Young Earth's viewpoint and how it relates to the Bible and why it's important. But first. First. Rex. Josh. No. Rex. Yes. What happened in your week? Not a whole lot. I will say, on Sunday, my church opened back up, and we had a service with human beings next to each other. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. Human beings next human to each other? Human beings. That they is were not allowed. In the same building, uh, and we even opened up the other building and had a screen that people who were being more cautious could go and watch the service on. But nobody w- went in there. Uh, <laughs> everybody was in the main sanctuary. Oh. But yeah, my church opened up on Sunday. On Monday, I went to my friend's graduation. On Tuesday, I hung out with a bunch of people. And then I worked. And now it's Thursday, our recording day. It's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, but people not listening on a Thursday are going to be super confused right they now. They are. They're going to miss, like, the second few days of my week. Second few that's ignore me and listen to Josh's week. How was your week, Josh? Um, well, it was fun. I went to um so the restaurants around here are starting to open up mm-hmm. and since we haven't been able to go. So I went to a couple restaurants and I walk up to the door and there's a sign it's like, "Thank you for coming. Uh enjoy your food and please make sure you wear a mask." And I'm thinking here, how am I supposed to enjoy my food and wear a mask? At the same time. Mm-hmm. So that was really confusing to me. And I go inside, and you know how they're, they have these, like, one-way stickers on the floor. Yeah. And so you're not supposed to go against the one-way stickers. Go the right way. So at this restaurant, there's a huge table um, down the middle, and then there's an aisle on one side and an aisle on the other. And so they have one-way stickers. So on, like a buffet? Uh, um, kind of. Okay. If you visualize that. They have one-way stickers on one side of the table and on the other side. But the one-way stickers are going the same way. So theoretically, if you get to the other side of the table, there's no way to come back 
because the one-way stickers are all the same way. You have to loop around the whole restaurant. Yep, so somebody didn't quite think that through. And I went to another restaurant, and this place serves chicken, and it's great. So I got a strawberry lemonade. I usually don't get drinks at restaurants, but I did this one time. Mm -hmm. And so I got a strawberry lemonade, and I drank it all. So I go back up to the um, the counter, and I'm like, hey, may I please have a refill of my strawberry lemonade? And she's like, sure. So I hand her my cup, and the manager walks by, and he's like, no, you can't take the cup. It might have the corona. <laughs> and then so this lady, like, starts panicking, looks at the cup, and basically throws it back at me. <laughs> Like, I'm supposed to do something with it. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a new cup. So she gets me a new cup of strawberry lemonade. How wasteful. And uh, she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't know, and it must be a new rule. And I'm like, I don't care. It's my cup. It's not like I can get the coronavirus from but my own cup. she could get from the coronavirus from your cup, Josh. Well, she, she was apologizing to me because mm. I could have gotten it. Because it's all her fault. Yeah, so that, I thought that was kind of, it was just interesting. Yes, it was. So, uh, have you heard about the GOP, the Republican Party, moving their national convention away from the Queen City, Charlotte? I have not heard about that. So, um, apparently, because of all the corona restrictions imposed by Governor Cooper, mm-hmm. he said... You cannot have very many people at the convention at all. So he's probably going to let like 10 people at this national convention, which um, the Republican Party was not okay with. And he refused to uh, change. This is it would be in August, I believe. Okay. so this is two months away, approximately more or less. Yeah. And he would not. ease up the restrictions he said even in the future he wouldn't ease up the restrictions really um and so this convention would have made a big economic impact Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts about that rex first question is where do they hold the dnc do you know uh i do not know let me see if i can find it real quick um secondly i really don't understand why people go to these conventions doesn't really make sense to me but i definitely understand why they would want to hold it somewhere else because the fact is whether i understand it or not a lot of people do go to these conventions so the fact that they're not going to be able to have this in one of the probably one of the bigger events that draws people to the charlotte area it's i can see why they would want to move it but i can also see the disappointment from the perspective of charlotte area tourism and stuff like that yeah um so the democratic one is in milwaukee really yeah interesting and no actually i I believe they're going to do a virtual convention the democrats are but um just they're gonna be like millions or i don't know millions but like here, let me find the quote. Hundreds of thousands? Oh, so Trump says would have brought in hundreds of millions of dollars and jobs for the state because... What? Of, of Not hundreds of millions of jobs, but lots of... Because of the businesses that would have had hotel rooms, um, restaurants, it was, it was just a huge... But would it have brought huge, in jobs? Yeah, because 
because of the surplus of so many people. Okay, but temporary jobs because the convention's only like a week long. I mean, they might have lasted longer because of the economic impact. I mean, this is a huge convention. Okay. But, um... I guess I don't really... I haven't looked into the economic impact of stuff like this. So, do you think that, um, from Governor Cooper's perspective, who, by the way, is a Democrat, Mm -hmm. um, do you think it would have been worth it for the economic boom? Or, and do you think that he is doing this for politics, just so he doesn't have the Republican convention in his state, or is he really doing it for health concerns? I'm not sure. Considering the Democratic convention is going to be virtual, I I don't think it's really—I don't know. It could certainly be about politics, and I'm not sure whether or not I think it's a, a poor decision on his part, because obviously we do want to protect people from the cases. So— this is not a public event necessarily this is not or publicly sponsored this is a private thing run by the republican national committee okay i think that they should be able to hold it but as long as other events and things are being held to the same standards i think it's fine for the state um i don't like it but i think if nothing else holding other things to the same standard is the most that we can expect at this point yeah and they're just like okay we're taking our business elsewhere yeah basically. and that's their choice to make if it, it, it's a disappointing thing i guess for the charlotte economy but other than that it's their choice if they don't want to meet here because of the restrictions find another place that works yeah do you think that there should be restrictions set up by the government uh, the state government no. in this... Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, the, I know you were asking a more specific question, but yeah, we, so finish. Well, you basically answered it. Should okay. the state be able to restrict uh, private events such as that? No. And that's that's a really broad thing. I understand that it's absolutely for people's safety, but as I've said multiple times on multiple previous podcasts, I think it should be down to individual responsibility rather than the state to keep people safe all right and on that note rex is a anarcho-capitalist mm-hmm. i am not an anarcho-capitalist necessarily i, I am an anarcho i cannot words today <laughs> need some help there, rex. <laughs> i need to put my teeth back in and then try it again um i am an anarcho-capitalist in more in theory than in practice Simply because, as I said on our last podcast, two podcasts ago, Something uh, like that. I, I mentioned that I don't think the whole concept is super practical for where we're at politically right now, but I think there is a lot of merit to the idea. Yeah, so there are a lot of people um, who are anarchists um, mm-hmm. in practice, basically, um, yes. in today's world. And is so you said yourself that it's not necessarily maybe practical at this point. Do um in going forward, when at what point would it be practical? I think in your view, it would be most practical if we were living in a world where human beings did not violate each other's inherent rights. And obviously, we don't really live in that world. So I think realistically 
the closest we can get is minimal, basically no government control on things like trade and stuff like that. Again, as I mentioned, it's more of an ideal than it is a, I'm not good at words today. That's okay. (laughs) So we've seen in this past week some, I would say maybe examples, not like cold, uh, like not cold, but you know, like hard set examples, but kind of some general examples of anarchy with Mm -hmm. some of the rioting that's been going on when basically the government is not able to intervene because of lack of manpower, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So there is no basically government intervention. Well, I think part of that is in a lot of ways, there there have been a lot of people trying to avoid the government. I, I actually saw posts on Twitter. Somebody was hacking into police radio in the city and broadcasting different songs so that the police couldn't communicate about rioters and stuff like that. Oh, my. And people were putting out posts talking about different identifying markers on undercover police and things like that. I I think it really comes down to the heart behind things. And I think the problem is the, the rioting is people using other peaceful protests as almost a distraction and an excuse. They're trying to... Because there's a lot of people that don't want to be associated with the rioters and the looters and things like that. But they're getting lumped in with them. And I don't think that's right. I think the, the thing about the, the riots is they're coming from this position of uprising against the government, but they're not doing a good job. Because rather than fighting the government, they're just fighting private businesses, which yeah. I think is kind of dumb it's like hey we don't like the government let's go attack target a corporation or like i saw small family-owned businesses that were being attacked and looted and stuff and it's like this is a single mom that's running a business here and you're attacking her instead of like rising up against the government Uh, that just doesn't make sense to me yeah and so this is an example i would say of maybe showing how when the police are not able to get there as quickly, maybe because they're blocked and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but the police are eventually able to get um, in the fire department when their fire set to businesses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was no government-run uh, protection such as that, uh, how would people like small business owners be able to protect against um, looting um, and rioting such as this, as we're seeing today. That, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting thing to ask. I, I'm all about finding free market solutions for government problems. So like the problem of looting and rioting, there, there are security guards, uh, as you know, for a lot of bigger businesses. Or like, let's use the example of Target. They've got all sorts of anti-theft procedures and stuff like that, and detectors at the doors and stuff to keep people from stealing things. And they have those things, but they also have other ways and security cameras and things like that. I think for smaller businesses, a way to combat that if money wasn't being spent, and I'm going into a much deeper issue because I come to the solutions for these problems from the bigger assumption that 
we're assuming minimal government, minimal taxing, or dollars that were being taken by the government can be put towards other things. So I'm saying these businesses are paying less taxes and let's say there aren't any police. Now, let's say a group of small businesses in like a strip mall or something can take those tax dollars and put them towards a shared security guard or something that can take care of multiple businesses since they're smaller rather than having to take care of one giant store like Target. Yeah. Um, but also, if, I mean, it is obviously expensive to have yeah. private security. And if you have, like, these huge crowds of people coming to your business, one security guard is not going to do so much. And so my point is, if you have these large crowds mm-hmm. and you have, uh, and then you have, like, one security guard on, um, on your side, um, that's, I don't think, I just, I don't know if that would be very practical so you would have to hire multiple security guards Mm -hmm. which would get very expensive price of goods goes up yeah well also is that again from this larger assumption of multiple um from this larger assumption of like minimal taxing minimal government let's look at like what is it that makes private security expensive it's the fact that there are other cheaper options just like relying on the police it's easier like private school is expensive because public school is basically free because it's already taken out in taxes and so the private schools have to charge more so that they can afford to do what the government is getting money to do and if they want to compete they have to charge higher prices so if people aren't being taxed through the nose for public education, the price of private education is going to go down and may even be cheaper in the long run than public education. And I think the same thing could happen with something like private security. If the government isn't taxing people through the nose to pay for the police and other forms of security, then people could be able to pay for their own security more easily because the cost of it would go down. I think we should probably leave it there for now. Okay. And I wanted to turn now to a little bit of kind of, so you have like the young earth side of Mm -hmm. the argument, uh, biblically speaking, and the old earth. So young earth theorists say the earth is uh, usually around, they say 6,000, 7,000 years old. Yeah. Um, Old earth, I mean, that can go several billions of years and such like that. Um, Way back. Rex, what do you categorize yourself as? Um, I categorize myself as young earth, but it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Because I don't think this is a salvation issue. I think it's more of a science and opinion issue. There are definitely some facts pointing both ways, but I, I ascribe more to the the young earth theory of things. There are there are a lot of um, and that's true. It's not necessarily a salvation issue, mm-hmm. but I do believe it's really important because yeah. I believe the Bible does point directly towards the young Earth viewpoint. And if you start um, trying to add things to the Bible or take away things from the Bible mm-hmm. uh, or pick and choose what you believe from the Bible, I believe you're um, you're saying well. You're taking away from God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. and you're also um, 
and if you start like doubting some parts why don't you doubt the whole thing type yeah. of thing and from what i've seen most of the people that ascribe to the old earth at least from a christian perspective aren't saying oh god isn't sovereign they're saying he did it this way and it was phrased a different way or something like that but we're we're definitely not saying that like if you're not going to heaven if you believe that the earth is billions yeah. of years old. All we're, we're just trying to explore this from a different angle. Uh-huh. And if you have a different viewpoint after I present um, some of these things, um, email them to rexandjoshcpr at gmail.com and at rexandjoshcpr on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. All right. So um, I'm going to go through this real quick because if I don't, I can ramble, and you'll get bored and turn off the podcast. Oh, yeah. We, and we, we do want that. not want that. All right. So the uh, one of the evidences, I believe, for a young Earth. So there's the Earth's magnetic field. Have you heard about this, Rex? I, I'm sure I, I have heard a lot of these examples, but I've probably forgotten about most of them. All right. So old Earth theorists hold to the dynamo theory. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so that the Earth's rotation and like the heat uh, are supposed to circulate the outer core. Mm-hmm. That causes like positive and negative charges causing the magnetic field. Um, according to that theory, that would cause several magnetic field reversals. Mm-hmm. which we have geological evidence for. So that does point to the dynamo theory. We do indeed. Um, but it, it does not account for the fact that Mer- Mercury and other planets have magnetic fields because they would be said to have been too small, according to the dynamo theory. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, there's another theory called the rapid decay theory that assumes yes. that God created the Earth a few thousand years ago and set the pro, uh, the outer core in motion um and because of friction it's slowly going down and uh earth is slowing down mm-hmm. and that would predict the current strength and account for reversals okay so i just think that's really interesting and yeah. then because a lot of times people are like oh why do you believe this and i'm like yes i believe in a young earth but then i'm like i don't and they're like what evidence why do you believe that and i'm like oh because i'm told to but i believe it's really it's really good for us to be able to back up our faith one other thing uh real quick so like the moon is constantly drifting away from the earth (gasps) oh no so it will probably become its own planet someday that's not true don't believe that no it would just get Um, sucked into the sun (laughs) Uh, so if everything had been going as it were a five point or 1.5 billion years ago, technically the earth or the moon would be touching the earth, which is not necessarily a good thing. Good old earth hug. So it would look like a giant snowman basically. Yeah. That would and be- it probably wouldn't be drifting further away in that case. It would probably be mushed further in yeah. just because of gravity and stuff. But if you assume 6,000 years ago, the moon would have only moved 800 or so feet. So I just think yeah, that's, um, and there's obviously a lot of other things that we can get into. Mm-hmm. Next week, I was thinking that we could look at some of the old earth theories, such Ooh. as the gap theory and things like that, and um, some more 
maybe theological things of. Okay. Yeah, let's take a look. So does that sound Next interesting to week, you? It does indeed. All right. So we have some beer questions. Beer questions. I heard you got one, Rex. What's uh, your question? I did get a question, and it was from Ethan on Instagram. Ethan asks, what are the hottest gifts for Father's Day? Since I'm, if you're a son like me, yeah. I would give my father my presence with, you know, my being there, that type of presence. Uh, yeah, and your since presence. the sun, S-U-N, is super hot, and I am a son, then oh, the my presence gift. is the hottest gift. Yes. If we're... Um... You could get him some a fire starting kit. That is also a very hot gift if used properly. Um, yeah, we keep going. All right. So, uh, Sorry technical for the difficulties technical aside, difficulties. <laughs> um, another uh, good gift if you're going generic Father's Day things, hats, ties, mugs, or if we're going off of my past Father's Day experience, uh, coupons. Or oh, other things yes. that you make for your dad, or let's go play catch, or go on a camping trip and stuff like that. Ooh, I went so on a camping trip. Remember that, right? You did. It was a very nice camping trip, In from the what you heard. At least for my dad, my dad's not a super big stuff guy. He wants to spend time with people he cares about. So that's wow. a good gift you can get. That's give. just shallow. <laughs> <laughs> So, hot gifts for Father's Day. You can spend time with him or set him on fire. Uh, moving on. All right. So, we have a question from Garrett in North Carolina. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys. Great job on the podcast so far. I wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on the United Nations New World Order and their economic paradigm? I I don't know how to respond to that. Oh, um, so... Um, I mean... I get the concept. Are is he saying that they are currently a new world order, or that they will be in the future? Or I believe he's talking about just maybe like a one world government yeah. type of thing. Um, bad, and... all government bad. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Kind Rex. of. It's more complicated than that. All right. So um, I I do think that one world order that would be not good because part uh, I think that reason why states have um should be able to govern better than the federal government is because they're able to govern to their specific geographic area for mm -hmm. like the farmers or if you're in new york then you have new york city yeah if, um just places like that i think that smaller um, pockets are able to um better help their individual citizens and I totally then, agree, just on a slightly more extreme level. Um, <laughs> yeah. And what is the thing about the economic paradigm? I actually don't know. We probably should have looked this up before we tried to answer it. All right, so Garrett from North Carolina, if you would like to send up a follow-up question, and we'll also look up the economic paradigm. Provide details on week. the econom economic paradigm, because... We're, we're, yeah, we got nothing. I feel like... United Nations economic, economic, not economic, uh, United Nations economic paradigm. I don't know that much would come up on Google. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
Well, we'll we'll see and tune in next week to hear our follow-up to this. Indeed. Thank you for your question, Garrett. We also have a question from Amanda in South Carolina. Amanda. She says, hey, Rex and Josh, I love listening to you guys. We love being listened to. I have um, some questions for you. Number one, hey, Josh, have you gotten back on your bike and did you fall off again? Well, that is a good question. I have actually tried to ride my bike more, uh, so I have gotten on. I did not fall off my bike. I did fall out of a tree a couple days ago. How dare you? And And that wasn't fun, but I did not fall off my bike. And you were not as severely injured from the tree. I I do have some, like, scrapes still. You see that, Rex? I do. It's a very nice scratch. Post the picture of that in the show notes. Yes. (laughs) That'll be going up on Instagram later. Um, number two. Rex, now that you are done with school, what are you going to do with all your school books? Will you burn them? Um, I have actually suggested that idea multiple times. And my mom apparently thinks that she should make money back for the curriculum that she spent a large chunk of money on. What? So I guess she's going to sell them. I'm not usually in support of burning knowledge, but it's more of a a celebration of freedom than anything else. Question number three. What are both of your thoughts about why there are more shark attacks in recent years versus the past? Should we be afraid to swim in the oceans? Ah. Personally, I think that it's, well, number one, you have an increase in population of people. Yes. And then you also have the media, which reports things a lot faster Mm -hmm. than otherwise. What do you think, Rex? I I agree. I think the increase in people and the increase in sharks and the increase in the, the spread of news and media, like you said, those are all definite factors. And, um, the sharks may be getting hungrier as well. Oh, and hoping to rise up against humans one day. Mm-hmm. So the government will be made up of sharks. Yes. It Shark might tank. already be partially. Oh, interesting. Um I had an interesting this makes me think. So I was at the beach one time. Mm-hmm. And my so the way we do it, my uh, dad and my mom switch off being with me in the water cuz one of them stays with our stuff. Oh, the yeah. other um could um goes with me out into the water so it was my dad's turn this time so we were going out um not like super deep maybe we were like waist high or something like mm-hmm. that i jokingly said hey look there's a shark on hindsight <laughs> maybe i shouldn't not have said that um i didn't say it. there was nobody around and but my dad was, was like you can't say that i'm like oh i'm sorry i didn't realize yeah, that there had been people around <laughs> yeah um but here's the thing so not two seconds after he chastised me uh, ch- uh, for saying that, what do we see? But like a tail fin pop up. Oh, like not that's five nice. to ten feet away. Yeah, I think my dad beat me out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> not because he was worried about my safety or anything. No. <laughs> but yeah, so we saw a shark, and yeah, that was not fun. Yeah, I did not go back in the water, I don't think, that day. Oh, man. When I lived in Charleston, we used to uh, we used to see baby sharks off the pier. And one guy even caught a shark uh, that was fishing. Uh, 
the shark wasn't fishing. The, the guy shark was fishing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a guy that was fishing on the pier actually caught a little baby shark and showed everybody. And there were uh, they were swimming around the bottom of the pier, so people had to avoid that side of the the beach. Mm. All right. Well, I guess that wraps everything about it. That does sound about wrapped up. That was not what I was going to say. I don't think I said the right thing anyway. We done. That's well, episode five. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, come back for episode six and next oh, time. Also, remember, ask questions, yes. Rex and Josh, CPR at gmail.com, and... At Rex and Josh CPR on Instagram and Twitter. There you go, folks. That's a wrap. We will see you in episode six and seven and the rest of them. Goodbye. Oh, I'm Josh, by the way. I'm I'll, I, I, Rex, yeah. <laughs> Rex forgot there for a second. I forgot who I am. <laughs> All right, see ya. Bye. Bye.